Hi everyone, and welcome to Story and Star Wars. I'm Alistair Stevens, and if this is your first time listening to a StoryWonk seminar series, then a special welcome to you! Over at StoryWonk.com, we write and podcast about stories and storytelling, and for the last year or so I've been putting together these seminars in which we can take apart and analyze some of the most beloved stories of our time. And this fall, as we're all looking ahead to the seventh Star Wars movie, The Force Awakens, it seems like the perfect time to discuss George Lucas's enduring masterpiece. I don't think it's overstating it to say that Star Wars is the most important pop culture landmark of the 20th century. Some might argue in favor of The Lord of the Rings, or The Beatles, or The Godfather movies, or Harry Potter, and I think there's merit to each of those discussions. But I don't think that any other pop culture phenomenon has had the reach, the impact, or the legacy of Star Wars. And because it is such an important cultural artifact, that's oftentimes how it's viewed by critics and academics. Where did it come from? How did it change movie making and storytelling? To what degree is it responsible for the rise of fan culture, the rise of merchandising? What role did it play in making geeks and geeky things cool? And don't get me wrong, that's valuable, fascinating, rich work. But that is not the intent of this seminar series. I'm not going to look at the cultural impact of Star Wars, I'm not going to look at the special effects or the revisions, the expanded universe, the cosplay, the lunchboxes. Instead, I'm going to look at the most paradoxically overlooked part of Star Wars. The story. We are so accustomed to, surrounded by, the analysis of Star Wars, that our response to it has eclipsed the text itself. So in this seminar, we're going to even the scales, we're going to strive to bring balance to the Force, and we're going to look at Star Wars as nothing more and nothing less than an epic, sprawling, generation-defining piece of storytelling. So it's not my intention to mount a defense of the prequels, though I think some measure of that will probably happen. It's not my intention either to criticize the special editions, though that too will probably occur. I'm not going to explain away the strangeness and the inconsistencies throughout the series, the timeline of Empire, for example, or Leia claiming to remember her mother, but instead I'll look past those details, to the narrative arc, the conflict, the structure, and the characters that have become, in the intervening years, archetypal. Whether you love Star Wars or you're just interested in it academically, my intent is for you to leave this seminar with a deeper understanding of and appreciation for the entire saga. The seminar series will begin next Friday, the 25th of September, with a lecture dedicated to Star Wars Episode 4, A New Hope. The following Tuesday at 9pm Eastern, we'll gather together on Twitter to live-tweet the movie and share our thoughts and observations. We'll repeat that cycle for each of the six movies in their order of release, and we'll throw in a couple of live video chats too, where I can take some direct questions from you, the audience. This seminar is completely free, thanks to the generous support of our backers on patreon.com storywonk, so if you have a computer, a tablet, or a phone, as well as an internet connection and copies of the movies, then you'll be able to take part, and I hope you will. So we'll look at A New Hope from 1977, then Empire from 1980, Jedi from 1983, and then we'll hold the original trilogy live chat Q&A. Then we'll look at Menace from 1999, Clones from 2002, and Sith from 2005. Then we'll have the prequel trilogy live chat Q&A and wrap the whole thing up. There's also a very good chance that I'll do something fun after The Force Awakens is released in the US on December the 18th. I hope you'll be able to join us. 
I'll give a proper introduction at the beginning of the first lecture next week, since this episode is only intended to feed the iTunes machine and give you guys something to which you can subscribe. But this, I think, is also the perfect time to address the three most common questions that I've received since announcing the Star Wars seminar. One, why aren't you watching them in the proper order? Two, what do you think of the Machete Order or other variants? Three, is Star Wars really like poetry? I guess the first two questions and all the variations on those questions have the same answer. I'm not opposed to the restructuring of the series, but if you're going to watch the prequel trilogy first, or if you're going to insert them between Empire and Jedi, the so-called Machete Order, the link to which you'll find in the show notes accompanying this lecture, then you have to accept you are making an editorial choice that has strengths and weaknesses. The films were released in this order, which means that the intertextual connections between them, the foreshadowing, the callbacks, the references, the echoes, the jokes, work best when they're viewed in their release order. Some elements may be strengthened if you switch out the order in which you watch the movies. Certainly, one of the great strengths of the Machete Order is that it preserves the reveal about Luke's father until the most powerful moment. But in order to make that reveal work, you're left with the hard transition from Empire to Menace, which does no one any good, and the shattered halves of innumerable references and allusions in the prequel trilogy. This may seem like a bold thing to say, but you're supposed to know about Luke's father before you watch the prequel trilogy. To pretend otherwise puts you in the position of preserving the surprise at the expense of the richness and the depth of the text. So I don't mind, personally, which order you watch the movies in, or if you skip some entirely. But if your intention is to carefully read this text and interpret it, I don't think there's another choice but the release order. As for the question about Star Wars being poetry, I'm tempted to keep my answer until after the seminar series is done when we can talk about it perhaps a little more meaningfully, but the truth is that I've already received dozens of emails about the Star Wars ring theory put forth by Michael Klimo, and I imagine I'll receive dozens more. The theory, which is an unambiguously brilliant piece of analysis, and the link to it is also in the show notes, builds on some claims made by George Lucas that Star Wars possesses a complex internal structure and might be read like poetry. The Ring Theory argues for the existence of a chiastic structure in the heart of the series, an ABCCBA rhyme scheme, if you like, and then explores the ways in which the various films are connected. The idea is that Menace is reflective, thematically, structurally, narratively, visually, of Jedi. Then Clones reflects Empire, then Sith reflects New Hope. There are indisputably strong echoes, reflections, and allusions throughout the Star Wars movies. It's a story which trades heavily in its own mythology and text and style. The Ring Theory, though, as put forth, is fascinating but unconvincing. It cherry-picks frames and moments and interpretations and inferences and sets them against each other, seeking, as George Lucas himself has tried so many times, to elevate Star Wars by making it somehow literary, by making it more worthy than a simple series of blockbuster movies that have, so far, captivated two entire generations. The Ring Theory, as put forth, ignores or de-emphasizes major plots, events, and themes that don't match the theory. It also frequently credits to Lucas the creative vision and technical skill of other members of the production team, but that, most decidedly, is a conversation for another time. To me, then, the theory doesn't hold water, and what's worse is that, in terms of appreciating Star Wars, it's completely unnecessary. The pursuit of literary and artistic credibility presumes that spellbinding storytelling isn't as worthwhile as fine art. 
we don't need to see Lucas as a technical and structural genius in order to see Star Wars as a complex, fantastic, timeless piece of mythic storytelling. And that, I guess, is what we're trying to do here on the Story and Star Wars seminar. Because it isn't about lightsaber effects and the Kessel Run and ball droids. It's about heart and myth and heroism. It's about eternal conflict and bad guys in black hats or helmets. I'm sure that we'll talk more about ring theory, and I'm sure that we'll talk more about many other pieces of interpretive analysis too as we move through the seminar series, but I want to always remain focused on that simple truth. Star Wars is a story, and it works most powerfully when we remember that that is true. I'll be back next week with the first lecture all about A New Hope. I hope you'll follow me on Twitter at StoryWonk, and I hope you'll stop by our shiny forums at forum.storywonk.com, where I'm sure we will already be discussing the first movie. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for subscribing, and thank you so much for spreading the word. I'll see you next week.